Hi everyone, and welcome to the 106th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Cho! Hey guys. How's it going, man? Uh, it's going, it's going. My shoulders still kill me, but I am... Oh, man. ...been working out on the shoulder, you know, doing exercises awesome. and weights and stuff to build up the strength for it again, and yeah. it's been killing me. Yeah, but it's it's getting better so far, you think? Yeah, I've been, I'm able to move my arm back to original position you know to where awesome. i like like i use my left arm for like visual guides and stuff and i can yeah, get yeah. it there but like i just can't hold it that long like i used to yeah so. yeah yeah so it'll probably just take a little bit of time so you know just keep up at it you know it's gonna get better and don't worry king wars 2.8 is not out for a while <laughs> so, right you're, you're you can relax me. your see, arm until then see, see see the thing see i know 2.8 but then like in reality you know like I, i'm out of work until october 24 uh 17th and oh, there you I, go. Sh- I should be i should be playing 15 right now you know like, exactly oh man come on tabata come on man but hey, it's for the better. It's getting polished up. Exactly. I played, you know, the 15 build at GameStop Expo about a couple of weeks ago, and that was the same yep. build as PAX West, and had nothing but but to say good things about it. And it's it's definitely going, you know, in a in the positive direction. Yeah, for sure. I just saw the. I don't know if you've seen it, but they just released like these two screenshots for 15 out of, or no, three screenshots actually, out of this uh, active time report that they had here in Japan and. Like they're just showing all the visual progress that it has, and it's looking amazing. And they they followed that up with, and by the way, this is normal PS4. You know, this is not PS4 Pro. And it's like they really, you know, they're really polishing 15 up a lot. I can't wait to see, you know, what the final build is like. Apparently, they're content locked, so there's not much they can do anymore to uh to 15, but. You know, we will we will see what state it's in right now. If I had to guess, honestly, I know Tabata said that they're the reason they had the delay was so that they could release the build with no day one patch, so that they basically would package in all the stuff that they were gonna have as a day one patch in the actual releasing copy. But I think what is probably happening right now is i think the development team is still working on they're probably working on bugs and stuff and preparing a patch but it probably won't be like a day one patch it'll probably be like a hey week two patch (laughs) something like that so we'll see how things go with 15 everything's looking good so far so you know good luck to that team and hopefully uh they can relax at some point because hopefully they'll show us like some footage of 2.8 2.8 running on the ps4 pro kind of like they did with 15 i know i can't I would wait love to see something like that i can't wait to see what they do with it because there's just you know it looks so good already i just can't wait to see what else they can do with it on pro because you know you, you know you heard it from namora himself he said uh 2.8 uh will support uh ps4 pro so be excited Tabata has not said so be excited about anything regarding PS4 Pro. Kind of hard but not Nomura, to already like investing in everything else, like movies yeah, he's and so, anime he's and so, VR and Exactly. He's so invested in the base versions and he's so worried about the base versions, which you know for you know, for all intents and purposes, that's exactly what he should be doing. You know, the base version is, you know, the, the is the most important. There are currently roughly forty million 
normal PS4s out there, and there will be like what maybe one million PS4 Pros at launch. You know, by the time 15 launches, if they're lucky, there'll be a million PS4 Pros out on the market. So, like, that's such a small part of their audience or their potential audience. So, yeah, of course, the base model is more important. But I think with with Kingdom Hearts 2.8, it's in such a good place development wise. Like, it's running so well that they have the luxury of being like, yeah, like, let's let's actually put some effort into the pro version because you know, the base version looks awesome. Like we don't even need to do that much to it. So I think that's, that's what we're seeing there is that the base version of uh 2.8 is going a lot more swimmingly than the base version of 15, well, well, which makes sense. Cause well, you'll let me world. know how the PS4 pro version works. Cause I'm still not, yeah. I probably won't have money saved up in time for the PS pro, uh, PS4 pro yeah. launch. Oh, probably won't be until after the holidays. Try. Right. I think, I think hopefully yeah. I'm, I'm shooting for right before, when it gets released over here, that's when I'll probably see yeah. if I have enough money to dip into it. Yeah, that sounds like a good plan. My current plan for PS4 Pro is that I'm going to order it on American Amazon, have it shipped to my parents' house, and have them ship it to me in Japan because uh, it seems like that's actually going to be the cheapest way for me to get the PS4 Pro. Because here in Japan, I was looking at uh, Amazon uh, JP and... The PS4 Pro is like 50, it would be like roughly $600 almost, 600 US almost, or like $550 US roughly, and uh, nope, not going to do that, not when it's 400 Uh uh-uh, because on top of that, I have to also buy a TV because the, so I have my 27-inch monitor here, which is like, it's okay, it's 1440p, uh, and then I have a TV that my uh, my employers gave me, but it's 32-inch and 720p. Uh-uh, that's not going to happen. I am not going to play Final Fantasy 15 in 720p. No, sir. So I need to uh, invest in a nice TV, and so far, like, the good for, like, the mid-range, not even mid-range, I think it's, like, entry-level. The entry-level TV that everybody's talking about on NeoGAF that everybody wants to get that's 4K and has low input lag, that thing's, like, $600 in America. Here in Japan, that thing is, like, 1400 So I have to pay, like, 1400 for a $600 TV. So there's no way I'm going to also pay $600 for a PS4 Pro. That's not going to happen. So At least you're doing your research exactly oh my god so much research and then i'm still trying to figure out what's the best way for me to buy it because (laughs) like i have to figure out a way ideally i want to figure out a way to get my money from japan to pay for it but i can't get a credit card here in japan because i'm a foreigner or at least it's like really hard and i don't think i'll have it in time so it's like there's so many crazy variables to be determined, I'll let you know how that how that shakes out in the future for anyone who's interested in moving to Japan and being a gamer or just living here. All right, so anyway, for you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids, and Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. 
In the way of our show today, we have two segments. We have our news segment, which is admittedly a bit uh, <clears throat> skinny, <laughs> but there's some interesting stuff in there. And uh, we have a nice beefy question segment to make up for it. So it's going to be a good show. In the way of announcements, as always, if you guys like what we do and you want to support us, please consider supporting us on Patreon at patreon.com slash ffkhunion. Just pledge a dollar and get access to a special podcast called Please Be Excited. Our Patreon executive producers for this episode are as follows. We have Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero on Twitter. Christian Thompson, who is at Orbits Gaming. Uh, we have Christian Burge. Jeremy. Joey Hinkle, who is at Oren Darkrend. We have Josh McNabb, who's at J2K9. We have Lewis James, Satra Jaja Zudarma, who's at Satria625Ruben. Skylar Loveless, Tiger Crane, who is at Powpoo Milkshake. We have William Trengrove, who is at Varnus the Azure. Chris Morales, Eric Decker, at who is at Chaco Taco. I like Thank that. Thank you for I like that name. That's great. I think Eric Decker is actually a new uh, a new executive producer. So, so thank you for joining the executive producers. Next, we have uh, Harley Crowley, who is at DarkZT Okami, and then Kenda Johnson, who is at Xken. And sure, if you can take these last ones. All right. We got Michael Graham. We got Thorin Bolin, who is at Massacre23. Zach Duranto at ZDuranto58. Alex Troutman at Akira Namjian. Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson, Genesis Alejandro at Junisan7, Jason Rivera at Neo Arcadiac, Joseph Robertson at Pokemon Trainer J, Keith Field at The Mighty Keith, Chris Russell at The Ninja Max, Manning Franks at Like underscore Peyton, Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail, Muhammad Quayam, Nico Gonzalez, at Nick underscore Knack 95, Rachel Casterton, at Oberyon Ray, Vita, Ni- Vita Ninas, at V underscore Tron 5000, and Zelda Clone at Apes Type Novels. And as always, if you want to be a part of the show and have your voice heard and responded to please send us your questions to questions at gmail.com we want to talk about what you guys want to talk about and as you will see on this episode we have a lot of stuff from you guys that you guys want to talk about that we'll be talking about on the show so first segment news yeah so kind of <laughs> man so the first news is the only thing that's kind of almost maybe news, but maybe not really. So uh, apparently there was like a live stream for Dissidia Final Fantasy recently. And on this uh, live stream, apparently Nomura made a few comments uh, regarding some projects he was working on. So uh, he was very vague about these projects. So uh, you can be the judge of what this stuff means. But uh, he went on to say as as follows that... Uh, Kingdom 7, oh, that voice recording for Kingdom 7 and Dissidia are already underway. So, I mean, that, that already explains a lot. <laughs> that explains a lot. So, I guess you can take that to mean, so the voice recording has started. It's pretty clear what Dissidia is referring to. Dissidia is referring to Dissidia Final Fantasy. So, recording, voice recording for Dissidia Final Fantasy is underway. That's great. Um, oh, which, by the way, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but I actually did get to play uh, Dissidia Final Fantasy, the arcade uh, machine 
uh, here in Japan. And uh, here's my uh, here's my one one word review. No, no, N- no. You're <laughs> don't like, don't play like, that. You're like the first person <laughs> ever to actually say no. Like everybody's so no. gaga over how good it looks. It's like how it is. Yeah, that's because no one's played it. It plays like crap. That game sucks so bad. Do you think it'll be better uh, well, on consoles, or do you think it's just not? I ma- don't not think made so. Arcades? It's not good. It's just not a good game. It doesn't play well. It doesn't feel like a fighting game. It feels like a weird somewhere in between fighting and like. Did you did you play the like original turn based on PSP? Uh, yeah, and I actually didn't like those either. So maybe that's part of it is that I just don't like Dissidia, but. I played one round. Oh, that's the other thing. To be fair, I only played one round. So don't don't take everything I say to be like gospel because I only played one round. I did not give this game a fair shake. I gave it 100 yen and I got maybe... Actually, no, I got two rounds out of it and that was enough for me. Did you win? It was... No, I lost. It was terrible. <laughs> I and Honestly, I didn't even know that I was losing until the very end because... It looked like I was killing a lot of people, and like at the end, oh, you're dead. I guess. Were you, were you and I was fighting like, like oh, okay. the, the AI? Were you fighting another person? I don't even know. I had my friend next to me, and he was also playing, but I don't know if I was playing against him. That's the other thing that I don't know. So it's like everything about it was very confusing. Also, to be fair, I was playing in Japanese. I don't speak Japanese. I don't read Japanese that well. So it's like. You know, there's probably a lot that I just d- didn't understand. I'm just saying that based on my experience with Cydia, I did not like it. It's not my kind of game, and I don't think it's actually a very good game. It, honestly, uh, so honestly, I personally don't recommend it. PSP, recommend it. You know, I suck. I suck at it. Like I am not good at like yeah. only, only fighting game. I'm good at a Street Fighter. Like I'm not good at Mortal Combat or Tekken or anything or Smash even. Like Cydia was really bad, and then to me, I it felt kind of slow. Like especially, I mean, it looks great. You know, every I just like the fact that. That everything's really beautifully detailed, especially all the characters are yeah. all you know brought into the modern, you know, you know, you know, updated, you know, yeah, graphics and which I will but... say the other thing I didn't think it looked that great visually. No. Honestly, looking at it in person, it didn't look that great visually. Uh, I was playing it in the uh, look. I think it's like a Final Fantasy one area, that wooded area with the castle in the background mm-hmm. that you always see like in like the early shots of the game. I played in that area like it was alias to crap and you know just low quality kind of looked like a PS2 game like or an early PS3 game like it just didn't look good. I think you bring up a good point that Dissidia plays very different from like a typical fighting game so that's probably also coloring my perception of Dissidia is that I don't like it because it doesn't feel like I expect it to feel. It feels very different. So maybe for someone who likes Dissidia's battle system, maybe they'll like it. But for me, who doesn't even... I don't even like fighting games, but like I I would much rather play a normal, real-time fighting game than what I played uh, with Dissidia. That's just how I feel about it. So I'll, I'll probably be the same way if they ever announce it for consoles. I'll probably buy it just to buy it because it's, yeah. you know, it's Square Enix. But yeah. like, and then I'll play play a few rounds, and I'm like, I'm bored. And then just like, all right, here's again. here's my more even-handed recommendation. Other than no, wait for reviews. That'll be my recommendation. Just wait for reviews to come out, and then decide. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah. Anyway, anyway, moving back to the news topic. So voice recording for Kingdom Dissidia and Seven have already started. So it's pretty clear what Dissidia is referring to. It's pretty clear what Seven's referring to. Obviously, Final Fantasy Seven voice recording starting for that so that's good and then kingdom 
Uh, it's unclear what they mean by kingdom because that could mean Kingdom Hearts 2.8 and that could mean Kingdom Hearts 3. That and, then, be, and then we, we have both. all those voice actors going on exactly. Twitter saying, oh, we, we recorded for Kingdom Hearts 3 and it's like, like a lot of these done. voice actors don't realize that, you know, they don't really have know what they're recording half the time. Yeah. And sometimes they can record just for trailers. Then they won't exactly. contact them until it's time to get the actual recording done. Yep. And then there's like some like really prominent actors who, as far as we know, haven't even been contacted yet. Like uh, I think Quentin Flynn even went on Twitter like not too recently, like maybe a few months ago. He was sort of like half jokingly saying, hey, uh, Square, you know, I could I could do with an axle check soon. So, you know, if you need me, just holler. So something to that effect. Like he he wanted to you know record Axel again and it, like he, he there was all these voice actors coming out saying hey I I I did my uh I did my goofy recording oh yeah you know stuff like that yeah and, and then Quentin's like where's my recording yeah <laughs> where's my recording it's like for all we know they were recording for a different project or you know we don't know what they're recording for so and obviously Axel's gonna play a major role and. Uh, th- they're not going to replace Quentin Flynn. He's he's very available. The only reason they replace voice actors is if they're not available. Yeah. So it, it, even even they even they brought Hating back for like one line in Birthday Sleep. Yeah, you know they <laughs> and uh, and and uh, Hayden Panettiere. Yeah, Hayden Panettiere for Birth by Sleep, and then also she was Shion in in uh, in Dream Drop Distance. So it's like. You know, if if they'll go that far for you know for big name talent, like it, for it, sure it, they'll, they'll it, bring well, back cause, Quentin cause remember, Flynn. Like when the first Kingdom Hearts game was out, you know, it was all like A listing talent, you know. But then like yeah. all these all these people, then it just kind of dwindled down to like your generic uh, voice, you know, normal voice acting. And yep. I mean, I'm not saying they're bad. At that. They're they're you know they're really good at what they do. You know, they yeah. You know, it's like. You know, they, I love, I love them. Yeah, I've gotten used to all their, you know, the the replacements that they used for, you know, the original voice actors from Kingdom Hearts One and Kingdom Hearts yeah. Two. Um, but now it's like, you know, they're resorting to, uh, you know, like, like there's like the voice actors for the uh, the foretellers and and yeah. Grimmer, You know, it's like I've never heard of these voice actors before. Yeah, they're new. It's nice. The only thing I will say about the voices of uh, back cover is, well, they're I would say they're really good, but I would say they're kind of all over the place. Kind of like how Birth by Sleep was, where like some lines hit really good, and then some lines hit kind of weird, and then some kind some lines are normal. Like I kind of feel that way from from back cover, but I would say the general quality is quite good. Yeah. I would just say, you, like, like with any Kingdom Hearts game, you always have this like random line that just comes out really weird. Yeah, it, it's like, like oh, I come mean, on. I mean, I've heard it with uh, Jason Doring as Terra, and I've heard it yeah. from Willa Holland. You know, it's like you know, especially the newcomers, like you know, the newcomers yeah. to the Kingdom Hearts series. You know, it's it, it, you'll have that occasion, <laughs> odd, you know, delivery of a line or something like that. But like once they get you know into the role like you know like because a lot of people looked at Haley jaws man they're like oh he can't do vanitas you know but then when you look at yeah when you go back and look at it, he's like bam dude he pulled that off same with yeah, um, he did uh jesse mccartney as roxas yeah exactly he, nobody in their life would ever think jesse mccartney would pull off like a character like that and now like he's revered yep. as one of the best 
you know, voice actors, you know, and he's truly immense in his roles, even as Ventus. Yeah, exactly. He's he's done really good. He's definitely proven himself. So yeah, I would say personally, I kind of feel that um, what Nomura is getting at is that it's Kingdom Hearts three recording because I think with two point eight, they're probably done with voice recording. Like if not like done, they're like almost done, and like at worst, they're doing some re retakes. But like it seems like two point eight's been almost done for a while now, so I think recording for that's probably done. But I think for three. Since there already is some voice actors saying they've recorded for three and finished their lines for three, I wouldn't be surprised if three is a lot farther along, especially with voice recording. Yeah, that's what I think. Especially Especially considering how how much they've shown, like last year. Yeah, like they had a big like trailer and everything, and yeah, and then compared to now when we haven't seen anything yet all year, yeah, they're gonna surprise. I think mostly it's because they they want to focus on two point eight and they don't want to take away from the limelight of two point eight. And it's kind of like how when when with 15, they were uh, working on Dusk Guy, that once they announced the episode Dusk Guy demo, all they showed was Dusk Guy, Dusk Guy, Dusk Guy, Dusk Guy. When in, in reality, like, it's not that Dusk Guy was the only thing they were making. They were making the whole game the whole time, but they're only showing Dusk Guy. Because they didn't want to take away from that demo. They wanted to get that demo out, make sure everybody plays it, and then after that they can start throwing more places. And it, it I mean it took them a while to do that, but <laughs> I think that's I think that's kind of what Nomura's doing too, is that now that you know they have a product that's gonna be shipping soon, they wanna focus on that. And they don't wanna take away from two point eight with stuff from three until two point eight's already out. That's why they made 2.8 the main focus at E3 until now. Exactly. With, especially with the, um, um, the de- even with the delay too. I mean, yeah. they, they still haven't commented on about the, the announcements this winter because, you know, winter's less from December to March, you know? Yeah, so we, still don't, we still don't know when it's going to be. Next year. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to we'll have to see uh, when we hear about 3. The, the one thing that I am happy about though, the fact that, you know, 0.2 does exist. The fact that back cover exists is that because the team was forced to make those and I'm assuming those got a separate budget and probably like a sub team to work on it because the team had to work on that first and actually have that shipping on PS4, you know, that forced the team to get their entire code base in a deliverable, uh, in a deliverable fashion kind of like with uh with final fantasy 15 when they released episode dusk guy that was a really important part of their development because that got them to really look at luminous and make sure that what they're building is something that could be delivered on consoles and it wasn't until episode dusk guy that they really had that and going through the process of making episode dusk guy and releasing it on console they got like a really good vision of how the game is supposed to flow and how the game technology speaking is supposed to be optimized even though it was really rough and i'm sure 0.2 will be uh comparably more rough than 3 will be but the fact that they they're putting this out first means you know it's kind of like a dress rehearsal for for kingdom hearts 3 they're getting the entire code base together they're going through the entire process but it's like in a very condensed format. You know, they're doing the 
animation they're doing the uh level planning they're doing the you know battle stuff they're setting up the bosses they're hiring they're bringing in voice actors they're recording the voices they're doing the localization they're doing everything that they'll have to do for kingdom hearts 3 but you know it's a condensed format and they're doing it in advance so i'm really glad that they're doing all this now to get themselves ready for when kingdom hearts 3 is about to come out and it's like i can't wait that's why I can't wait to see Kingdom Hearts 3 again is because I can't wait to see how much it's improved based off of all the stuff they learned from 2.8 because it seems like they've learned so much working on 2.8 that I can't wait to see what 3 is going to look like now that they've been through 2.8 and through back cover, especially back cover because Yasuo-san said himself that the quality level of the cutscenes in back cover is what we can expect for the quality level of cutscenes in Kingdom Hearts 3. And I can't wait to see what that looks like because they look amazing. Even though like 0.2 cutscenes look good, but back cover cutscenes look way, way amazing. So I can't wait to see what 3's cutscenes look like. So yeah, voice recording. (laughs) Voice recording is uh, underway for some Kingdom Hearts title, probably. Uh, Probably 3. So that's good to hear. Uh, another bit of non-news from Nomura from the same live stream. Nomura has confirmed Sora will not be in Dissidia. Dun, dun, I'm sorry, dun, dun. Churro. I'm so sorry. I know you were holding out. I knew. I know you had a bet going with somebody that, that Sora was going to be in Dissidia. But I'm sorry that your dreams got crushed. <sighs> I, I would say Sora has a better chance of being in Smash than in Dissidia. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Ah, poor city. I can't catch a break. But yes, uh, for for whatever reason, the uh, the panelist in the uh, live stream decided to ask him, "Hey, is Sora gonna be in Dissidia? It's Like, and Nomura's like, "No." He's like, <laughs> "Why? What you ask?" He's like, "He's like looking at him like with this look, saying like, you crazy to ask that.'" Yeah, it's like, come on, like if if he was gonna be in Dissidia, don't you think we would have done that already? Exactly. <laughs> it's been a few. Di- there's been a few Dissidia games already, so it's like. They would have done that by now. And is there any character currently in Dissidia that isn't a Final Fantasy character? I know there's like a character from Tactics, but that's Final Fantasy. It's Final Fantasy Tactics. Yeah. And now there's Ace from Type Zero. They're all Final th- Fantasy characters. They're yeah, they're all Final Fantasy characters. So I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna do the combo breaker with Sora because Sora has his license tied up with Disney. And that makes him very complicated. I would say they would be a lot quicker to add Chrono to the game than they would be to add Sora. Because at least yeah. with, in the case of Chrono, they own Chrono. Or they can even put in The World Ends With You. So Yeah, they could put The World... Yeah, World Ends With You would work because they own the rights to that. So stuff like that I would see a lot more soon than Sora. And uh, last bit of news. Not exactly Kingdom Hearts related, but related to someone who is near and dear to our hearts in the Kingdom Hearts fan community. Uh, Hikaru Utada, his new album came out, Fantome. Go go buy it. Go, go listen, listen to, to it. it. It's an amazing album. It's like, we've been waiting a long time, almost a decade for a new album, and it's here. Yeah. It's fantastic. Go listen. Definitely. I've, I've heard a couple of songs off of it, and it sounds amazing. I'm so happy that she's back, and then just hearing her you know, release all this music. It's like, yep, she's still got it. Can't wait to see what she's got for three. Oh man. It's awesome. And, uh, fun, funny, funny side note. So, uh, now that I'm teaching English in Japan, a, a frequent question that comes up, well, actually a, a frequent thing that happens in school is that, you know, there'll be time where the students are like, 
talking to me in English. And like most of the English they know revolves around asking you what you like. Like, oh, what's your favorite food? Oh, I like pizza, stuff like that. So a lot of time they'll ask me, you know, what, who's your favorite singer? And, you know, something like that. And I always say, you know, always bring up Yutada. But the thing is here in Japan, you and it's not Yutada, it's Utada because you is like a different syllable. So at first when I would tell them, oh, I like uh, Hikaru Yutada, they were like, huh, who, what? But then I was like, oh, oh, wait, sorry. Hikaru Utada. And she's like, oh, oh, so dane, so dane. Oh, sugoi. You know, and they would say stuff like that. That's that's awesome. Brandon, you need a little you need a little more of these stories. Oh yes. So I'll 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 let you guys know if I encounter any more funny Kingdom Hearts related ones. I, I will say though, it seems like most of the kids that I encounter don't know Kingdom Hearts, Aww. unfortunately. Uh so Square you got to do you got to work a little harder to reach your uh target demo cuz uh I teach junior high students so they're they're like the perfect age for Kingdom Hearts. They range between like ages uh as young as 12 and as old as 15. So like that's the that's the age to start playing, you know, AAA games and from what I can tell a lot of them don't, but there are a couple there are a couple students that seem to play triple uh, a games and there are a lot of them that know of kingdom hearts but maybe haven't played uh they seem to be more like handheld gamers like they would they tell me their favorite game is monhan which is monster hunter and then uh there's another kid in my school who's like a retro gamer like he's got he plays nes and and snes and like He's he's pretty cool and like he always tells me the name of the consoles in English so like he won't say, say Famicom and Super Famicom like he'll say NES and Super NES cuz he knows oh man he's awesome one that's of my awesome. favorite students Anyway so uh yeah that's our news for now and uh hopefully there'll be more news soon but uh don't don't hold your breath cuz <laughs> we still have ways to oh, go man. We still have ways to go. There's a lot more games coming out, and Kingdom Hearts is sort of like uh, on the back burner marketing-wise, unfortunately. So moving along to our question segment. Uh, As always, if you guys want your questions answered on the show, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. Our first question comes from Joseph Robertson, who asks... uh, I'm not sure how aware you are of the show Once Upon a Time, but uh, basically it involves Disney characters battling the forces of evil and has featured Maleficent, Belle, and Cinderella, amongst many others. In the show, hearts and memories play important roles akin to Kingdom Hearts. How would you feel if Sora and the crew were introduced into the series and uh, we had some live-action Kingdom Hearts goodness? I'd probably face Palm at first. Because like, <laughs> depending on how they portray like yeah. Sora, like if if they make Sora look really weird, you know, and not true to like his character in the games, then I wouldn't even bother. Like I would just like I already given up on the show. Like honestly, I saw the first season, which was great, but then the second season was like all over the place. Then I tried it this halfway through the third season, and you know what? I'm like, this is so wasting my time so i'm like you know what i'm done but i heard i heard it got better as as it got on but some people are saying that it's meh so i might give it another shot just to see how it's in but in reality i hope not i really yeah 
It's kind of like uh, that's kind of how I feel. Kind of like kind of like Glee, you know, when Glee does yeah. covers of songs, <laughs> and you like, and yeah. they just just mess it up, and it just doesn't go oh, the way you man. want it to. That's the same reaction, same feelings I have towards it. Just don't, just leave yeah. it the way it is. So for me, I haven't seen Once Upon a Time. I've seen some clips from the show, and I mean, it looked okay, I guess. Just, just see know, the first season. Like... Just see the first season. Yeah, there. and from what from what I personally feel though regarding Kingdom Hearts specifically, I can't see a good way to make Sora a, a live action character. Like even the best cosplay, it, it, Sora still looks weird in the real world. Plus, none of that. Like, it's not it, really it's like just a weird Disney outfit. Character is more like like a. It's not like I don't want because like they yeah of course they're Disney you say Disney because that's where you know people recognize them but they they go further than that you know they're like oh they're like fable characters you know from back before Disney you know redid them in their own way you know so, so it's more like a reimagining than pretty like much a, like okay so like they would have to find a reason to put Sora in because oh, basically most of these stories came from a book one of the you know the main characters has you know and then what it sounds like to me is like is it kind of like how i mean this is kind of a stretch but is this like dragon ball evolution that that one live action dragon ball movie where goku was like high school student no not at all <laughs> he was just no, some it's, white guy it has, it has nothing to do with high school student or college school okay. it's, it's basically a town that you know where all these you know normal human beings you know are yeah you know pretty much like like a like a fabled storybook version you know like like they just had their memories wiped and and okay. basically they they the, the main first season's about trying to reclaim their you know their their past roles of these characters that they were in a book and basically everything becomes uh, you know they've just slowly find out each character who they represent in that book and you know uh, so more and more, you know, they get. I guess it's an interesting premise. I just still think Sora would be really weird looking in he'd, real he'd be, life. He'd be out of, weird looking, and the way he's designed is really out of place. It's it's yeah. I just don't think fit. it would work. So, so Brandon, if, like I if said, Brandon, even it's the capable best, enough, yeah, I would say watch yeah. it on Netflix. Yeah, yeah, I'll definitely. I'll definitely uh, think about uh, season one then. But yeah, I would say even. Even with the best cosplay out there, like even the most accurate cosplay, which looks great, by the way, it, it still is weird to see Sora in weird in real life. And I don't, it's just honestly, weird to see him that way. If they do put him in there, I don't even think they'll be able to like, like really replicate his spiky hair. Like I, I yeah, exactly. If, if he was gonna be in Once Upon a Time. I would like envision him, his hair just like down, kind of like a yeah, like a like a normal kid. Like he, I pretty sure he probably have like little mini spikes, you know like yeah you know but like nothing too really out of place like his hair is really meant to be so yeah i don't know at that point i kind of just don't want to see Sora in real life it, <laughs> oh it, man like I said, keep, I, it's keep something i don't want to see because it like i said it, it goes back to the glee thing it, yeah some 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 glee some glee songs they do a good job but some they don't but but exactly by, by then glee was just trying to see how how much songs they can put into there you know and sometimes they were using songs yeah. that they didn't get permission to use and you know it's just yeah it's just one it it's just one of the things where it's like you know you know your limits just don't go past them but they did go past them so yep all right and churro if you take this next one this one's by manning franks and he asks 
What the heck was Kyrie doing at the end of the world in Kingdom Hearts 1? Wasn't she in Traverse Town when we last saw her? How did she get there? I mean, don't get me wrong, the waterworks started pouring down every time I play that part, but curiosity is getting the better of me. So, if I remember correctly, and I don't know if this is like the best explanation, I don't know if this works 100% of... I don't know if this works for 100% of the characters in the world of Kingdom Hearts, but the way they described it in Kingdom Hearts 1 was that uh, once they sealed the door to darkness and and they did that, the way it was going to work was all the characters from all the different worlds were going to go back to their original world and then that's why, and and I and Sora and Donald and Goofy, and I this part I don't understand, and this is where I think the point of confusion is. I think it's less confusing that Kyrie is in Destiny Islands because you know she's going back to where she was, but it's 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 more confusing that Sora, Donald, and Goofy didn't go back. But yeah, I, I mean, in, in addition to that, yeah, why why was it that Sora got to see Kyrie for that moment? for that split second why was she physically there and then why did destiny islands get rebuilt that way if i had to guess you know so what had happened was uh destiny islands fell into darkness so at that point in the universe of the end of the world that's where destiny islands was going to be recreated so there's one of Destiny Island's residents just happened to be in the spot where Destiny Island is going to come back. And for some reason, Kyrie beat Destiny Islands to the punch and was there early. Uh, and I mean, if, if I had to say it was probably that Kingdom Hearts uh, showed pity on Sora and wanted to at least let him see Kyrie one last time before they were separated again. Different sake. Yeah, for ending sake. I mean, you could basically just literally just say that it was Nomura. It, it just it, it was just plot. But if you wanted to explain it away, it was Kingdom Hearts showing pity on Sora and uniting their hearts because their hearts were resonating and 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 they wilted into existence or whatever. But at the end of the day, it's, it's all plot. Now, the thing that I'm not sure about is, so Sora, Donald, and Goofy are like, okay, well, if we lock the door and we're in here, are we going to get stuck in here too? Like, why didn't they go back to their worlds too? Because Kyrie was in there and she went back to Destiny Islands and Sora literally could have just jumped, you know, any of those times. But it's like, why wasn't it that they got sent back too? And it's like, I mean, it's unclear. Like, I would kind of understand it if they were on the other side of the door to darkness because it's it's shown that Riku and Mickey are stuck. Yeah, that that's makes the reason sense why they didn't, Sora didn't they're jump. They're in another... Because, because yeah, Sora that's, that's why Sora didn't jump. Yeah, because yeah, he, he wants to save Riku and Mickey. So that's why he didn't jump. But it's like... It makes sense that Mickey and Riku are stuck, but it, to me, it doesn't make sense that... Sora, Donald, and Goofy are stuck on the side of the door that they're on because, you know, Kairi was like a foot away and she was fine. So it's like, is is the bubble of stuckness, like, pretty small? <laughs> like, 
I don't, I don't know. It's it's kind of strange because the way they made it sound was like, oh man, if we close the door, we're going to be stuck here forever. Oh man. But like, not not really because you could have just, you could have you jumped. You just didn't. Like, I mean, to be fair, there was a reason you didn't jump. There was a good reason you didn't jump, but you could have though. So I don't know. That part's a little unclear. Uh, at the end of the day, it's uh, Nomura, it's plot. That's the explanation and for everything. I think everything Nomura even explained it. I think one time, but like it, it, it just he explained it in a Nomura type of way that you still wouldn't. It's understand. kind of vague. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's just at the end of the day, Nomura just wanted like a nice, a nice looking and feeling story. So the those were the plot points that felt the best. So he just didn't like go through all the legwork to justify any of it and i guess you don't have to justify absolutely everything in your plot um you know for it to be a good plot so i guess that's sort of the way he works and yeah it's it's an it's another one of those situations where it's kind of like akira toriyama from dragon ball the people that care the most about dragon ball are the fans akira toriyama doesn't give a crap about about dragon ball and he he just like he forgets things and he doesn't think ahead and he's like oh why why is trunks hair blue in in dragon ball super he's like oh wait it was purple oh crap whoops you know to him he he doesn't he doesn't think about these things and i don't think namora is that that far gone but i think it's kind of the same sort of phenomenon where the fans care more about how the world works than namora does namora just cares about making a good plot and the fans all they care about is you know all the justifications and why things are the way they are and they want to know more and more and more and namora you know sometimes he thinks of those things and sometimes he doesn't which, you know? is, why, which is why when i see namora or yasui or any other square play that works on kingdom hearts they always tell, they always say to me and, and you know, other, my own friends say that, that we know more than they do because exactly. we're the ones that take the time to actually, you know, dive into, you know, a deeper, you know, meaning behind yeah. everything than they do. Exactly. Exactly. So, yep, that's, that's the blessing and curse of being a fan and them being developers is they have to worry about a lot of more important things uh you know more important things as in like uh, millions and millions of dollars that is their budget and making sure that that produces something that that creates revenue for their company they've got to worry about that whereas we have to worry about well why is Kyrie there and (laughs) and why didn't Sora just jump that's what we're worried about so it's it's interesting to see uh how our desires and needs are different from the developers all right, so the next question comes from Ross Quinn, and Ross Quinn asks, So I was wondering, what's your opinion on the Kingdom Hearts manga? I never really hear you talk about it, but I personally love it. I find myself recommending it to friends that can't play the games. But what do you think? I love, I'd love to know. I, I love it. I enjoy it. It, it. It's pretty much Kingdom Hearts in more of a lighter shade, you know, especially with a lot of comedy yeah. bits in it. So yep. it's kind of like, like, it's serious, but not so serious. So, yeah. I mean, if you want a good laugh, it's, you know, it's, even though it does follow the story of Kingdom Hearts, but I'll bet it's not exactly, you know, in detail like the games are, but it's, yeah. it's just more of a lighthearted version of the games, but in, in a, you know, 
manga form. You know, I have no problems with it. I enjoy it. I love it. It's good for a laugh. Um, I recommend it when I can, and I'm I'm really happy that Yen Paris uh, picked it up after what was it? DigiCube, I think it was called. Uh, it, Tokyo Pop. Tokyo Pop. Tokyo Pop like stopped distributing it. You know, I'm just kind of glad it got picked up, so more fans can enjoy it. Which which when they did, you know, were releasing it, a lot of fans were happy about it, and you know, quite frankly, I have no problems with it. It's amazing. Yeah, for me personally, I I definitely agree with you, Churro. I like the lighthearted aspect of it, and uh, it's definitely worth a read. But I would disagree about uh, with with, uh, uh, with Ross Quinn as recommending it as something to do instead of playing the yeah. games, or because exactly. I don't I don't feel like it's a replacement for the games because they really don't feel like the games do, and I feel like. If someone, for example, read the Kingdom Hearts 1 manga and then decided to play Chain of Memories in Kingdom Hearts 2, it might give them like a di- like maybe an inaccurate image of what Kingdom Hearts is about and what it's like, because the manga really does not feel like the game at all. But I think it's a good companion uh, piece of material for a, a person who's like really a Kingdom Hearts fan that wants to see a different take on the story. Now, me personally, I'm not a big fan of the manga. I like the Kingdom Hearts 1 uh, collection of the mangas. But, like, after that... Uh, oh, the Chain of Memories manga is good, too. But, like, after that, the Kingdom Hearts 2 stuff, I'm not a huge fan of it. Uh, for me, if I if I were to have made the manga, I would have made it more of a battle manga because I feel like that is more representative of what Kingdom Hearts is like. And I'm I personally am not a big fan of the gag uh, route that uh, that Shiro Shiro Amano, I think yeah, that, Shiro that's his name. I'm not really a fan of his direction. And because uh, for, cause if you ever read the days it, manga, you know that whole manga is just nothing but gags after another. Yeah, that's really not what I would want from days because f- for for me days was like a really emotional story, and I'm sure some of that stuff's in there too. I'm sure all of it's in there too, but it it's is. like. It's it's just not it's not the way I like Kingdom Hearts to be, um, so it's not really my cup of tea. But I think like it's definitely worth at least trying yeah, if you're yeah. like a real Kingdom Hearts fan. But I personally would not recommend it as like a replacement for any yeah. of the games. I think if you don't have time to play the games, there are much better options like watching uh, the cutscenes on YouTube or reading a summary on on kh wiki or, or something like that like there's so many other options that are accurate to the game that i would much more rather recommend those than something that isn't accurate to the game as you know something to replace the game I you mean, know you could I literally mean, just watch the cutscenes. I, mean, yeah, I mean you could you could read it then go play the game or vice versa but just don't yeah take everything in the manga as what it's supposed to be about because in reality it's not yeah <laughs> Yeah, and there's definitely like a lot of stuff that's fleshed out in the manga that never happened in the story, and some of that stuff is probably not canon because I don't think I don't think uh, Shiro Mano's going to Nomura every time, you know, there's a new chapter he makes just to make sure that it's canon. Like, there's probably stuff it's, in there that isn't canon. To me, like I described it as being more because you know how Kingdom Hearts is more like Square Enix story with Disney in it. This is more like Disney. Yeah. Disney-ness with, you know, Score Enix characters, you know? Yeah, So they're exactly. showing more of the Disney side of Kingdom Hearts with the manga. Exactly. 
And uh, the next one is... Uh, Churro, if you take this next one. The next one is by Natsuno Hime. How cute. <laughs> what do you think Square should do with Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key after the release of Cage 3? Should they continue with the same backstory, start a new arc, or end it completely? What do you think? So, as far as Unchained Key is concerned, I mean, clearly it's like a Kingdom Hearts 3. I mean, for all all intents and purposes, it's marketing material for KH3. Uh, But it definitely has its own legs, in a sense. Like, Like, it could stand alone if it needed to. So, I think it would be possible to do some more stuff with it after Kingdom Hearts 3. But... I definitely wouldn't want it to continue the same this with the same backstory. I think it should probably follow a different arc. Um, but honestly, though, I wouldn't want them to do that unless they were really serious about promoting a new game. Because I, I honestly don't feel that Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key from a story perspective can stand on its own. I feel like from a game perspective it can, but I don't think from a story perspective it can. And I think if they wanted to start a new arc, I would only say they should do that if they're hyping Kingdom Hearts 4. Yeah. And like you know, if that means going on hiatus for a while or maybe they just, you know, shut down Unchained Key and they release a new game. Maybe it's Kingdom Hearts you know, maybe it's the same battle system, like same sort of thing, but instead of it's, you know, maybe it's Kingdom Hearts uh, remade key or something like that. Like something along those lines, how, you know, you had Kingdom Hearts key and then you had Unchained key and maybe there's like another thing after that. And they they bring that out when they're when they announce Kingdom Hearts four. And that'll be like the game that you can play right now when they announce that and it has a brand new arc and maybe it follows a new cast of characters, but uses that same sort of battle system and method of telling the story. Like I, I think Kingdom Hearts key is definitely a fun game to play. So I wouldn't want them to like totally throw that out, but I don't think it makes sense to have it around from a story perspective, unless they're really serious about hyping something up. What do you think, Churro? What do you think they should do with Key, uh, you know, the the whole Key franchise uh, after 3 is done? It really depends on what the story goes for here. It's just like you said, like a prelude to Kingdom Hearts 3. But, like, I mean, technically they can still take it as a prelude to 4 as well. But I think that the way Key is now, leading up to 3, I think that after 3 is done, they should just end it. Because they can always recreate another mobile game. Yeah, to help it with you know four's new arc. Would you want it to play kind of like Key, or would you want them to try something different? Well, knowing Namora, probably be different. But so yeah, I'm down with different. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know Kingdom Hearts Key was almost like Chain of Memories, but a little bit more, you know, just a tad bit different. But yeah, Namora always says he's always trying different things with Kingdom Hearts, so might as well try. Yeah, for sure. If not, I kind of want to see if different doesn't work. At least you have something to fall back on that worked, which was exactly. I kind of want to see them like if they're gonna make another one to have like 
like a big evolution on what it is. Maybe not throw out everything completely because I think it does some things that are really good. Um, yeah, I, I definitely would want to see something that's different. I think like with some of the updates that they're going to be releasing now, I think that's kind of like the direction that I want to see them. Maybe not like, maybe not not specifically like the multiplayer stuff, but like the level of drasticness that the new updates will have on the game that's i would want something like that drastic to change with a future mobile title that's how i would feel and so and you realize that mobile games are constantly evolving i mean yeah exactly you're getting like constant you're getting like console quality games i mean hell yeah i mean you got you know gta 3 vice city and san yep. andreas on mobile <laughs> it's insane i mean if you can you can run those type of games you know then they could do a lot more you know but like with the way i understand that they went to this direction because it's part of the whole kingdom march you know key originally being a fairy tale you know so i mean yeah but they can totally evolve it to even more you know in the, in the future you know when mobile development still is constantly evolving Yep, that's for sure and i will st- I'm, I'm not saying not saying nothing but i'm just saying uh unreal engine 4 does run on mobile you can deploy Unreal Engine 4 games to mobile. And there are Unreal Engine 4 games on mobile right now. So I'm not not saying nothing, but I'm just saying it could. I mean, obviously, that before. obviously I mean, it wouldn't look as watch, good. If you ever watch Apple's events, you know, when they had, you know, when they had, uh, what was it, that one mobile game they kept advertising. Mm. Uh, Infinity so Blade? Yeah, Infinity Blade, you know. They, that, yeah, that's, I think, that, I think that, that was, was Unreal Engine 3. Was it? Yep, Unreal Engine three. That was yeah. that was Epic's first uh, like big mobile game, and yeah, that was Unreal Engine free, uh, Unreal Engine three back in the day, and like that was running on iOS. Uh, that was running on the iPhone four, like way back when. Yeah, that was that was a, that was like six years ago, I think. Four exactly. So, if you could imagine, maybe maybe not like a full Kingdom Hearts title, but maybe something like like infinity blade gameplay wise but visually like shockingly close to what you get on uh you know on console especially with the you know we were talking you know off 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 recording how you know these phones keep getting upgraded but most of the stuff people do with these phones is just the same stuff they did on their last phone and it runs just as good on their last phone you know stuff like facebook and instagram and safari and there's not really that much that people do on their phones that actually uses the power that is afforded to them by these insanely powerful things computers in their pockets like wouldn't it be cool if there was a kingdom hearts game that did like actually utilize the power of the phone because like i think these phones now these days they're kind of like approaching like xbox 360 slash ps3 like levels of power in your pocket so it's like you could do a scaled you could do a scaled back uh you could do a scaled back unreal engine 4 game and have it like and and when i say scaled back i don't necessarily mean visually or graphically i mean like I mean, maybe a little bit, but like mostly scaled back in terms of scope. Like you could have like uh, a like a brawler or like you know a swiping fighting game, like Infinity Blade, something like that with Kingdom Hearts, and that would work just fine. Like Mobius is uh, looks pretty good too. Mobius is actually actually looks pretty close to Final Fantasy Thirteen or like the yeah, Thirteen trilogy. I actually loaded that game up. Like I I 
got my uh, Note Seven and uh, iPhone Seven Plus running that game, and oh my yeah. god, it's 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 remarkable graphics wise. It's really yeah detailed. Yeah, that's for sure. And I I don't know if you heard this, Churro. Maybe I maybe I'm imagining things, but uh, you know, if you heard it, correct me if I'm wrong. But I I think I heard something about Square Enix announcing something that uh, their new initiative would be to sort of move away from making handheld games, like in terms of like Vita and 3DS. And that those departments in their company would move into developing premium quality mobile games, as in like Mobius, uh, you know, stuff, stuff like that, like making. So instead of making the handheld games that those teams were going to make, that they would focus on making those games for phones. But the, but they would be the types of games that you would play on a handheld but they are making them for phones. I mean, so they're not necessarily like the free-to-play kind of I things. I haven't heard that you know, personally, these... but like it wouldn't surprise me because yeah, companies I kind of heard. direction anyways. I think I heard it. I think I heard it on NeoGAF. I think there was a thread about it. So I, that might be wrong. I might be putting, pulling that out of my butt. So uh, citation needed, probably you should Google that. But yeah, uh, but I would be surprised because uh, it seems like I don't know how much you keep up with the rumors, but it seems like the uh, the NX, the Nintendo NX, uh, will actually serve to replace both uh, Nintendo's console and handheld, uh, you know, divisions. That there would be, it's effectively like an Android tablet with the controller, like controllers on it. So, and it actually does run a variant of Android OS. So it's like it's almost like an improvement over the Wii U controller, but like probably in a smaller form. Yeah, and, and more portable. It, and yeah, and it's more portable. So if Nintendo's going that route, and Nintendo is the leader in the handheld market, then it's almost like Nintendo is sort of ditching handheld consoles in a way. I mean, I mean, they're finally you know finally ex- embracing the the mobile world because you know with them surprising the world you know showing up yeah. at an apple event to show off super mario run you know yeah you know it was like none of us would have expected that you know none of us would have no way expect seeing that coming you know but it finally did so with with you know the rumors like you said saying dnx it's going to run android because you know for sure ios is not you know apple's not going to allow ios to run on it so yeah, they no have way. to go android so yeah you know that's Nintendo finally embracing you know the smartphone yep. generation. So I could see, I could definitely see that with that move, that maybe Square moves on to do, you know, I, I mo- remember them more they higher, like a, high quality, like a cloud games. thing where like you can play like Final Fantasy thirteen on your. On your yeah, iPhone. yeah, yeah. They had they had that. That was a really weird service uh, that they had going on, and I mean, I think it's out. I think you can do that. But it was, only, it was only that. for Japan. Yeah, it never came out here. Oh, I remember, so yeah. I remember seeing that on Twitter, or uh, where Japanese users were tweeting, like uploading pictures of their other, you know, phones with Final Fantasy Thirteen running. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So yeah, that that could be an interesting route for for Square Enix, especially you know, with the idea that you know maybe instead of a mobile kingdom hearts game being kind of crap and free to play maybe it could be kind of awesome and like actually 
really compelling. Like, I mean, they're they're really you know, releasing mobiles. I mean, they're they're releasing mobile games like every couple months. I mean, hell, they even released an Apple Watch game. Yeah, I mean, they're, exactly. They're, and they're and they're still porting, you know, their older game Final Fantasy games to mobile. They have, you know, the world in with you. They have tactics. They have, you know, Final Fantasy seven nine you know and the rest of them you know and pretty soon everything's going to be all you know on our phones and tablets and you know no longer needing consoles you know then exactly you know, then, when, then with vr coming out now you know square next oh uh, yeah you know jump it's a whole other can of worms with, uh, with 15 yep let's just do time <laughs> Yep, exactly. All right, and this last question comes from Sleepy Bagel, and Sleepy Bagel asks, "Do you think the delay of Kingdom Hearts 2.8 will delay the announcement Square had scheduled for December uh, uh, well, for Kingdom Hearts 3?" Well, first, um, it was wasn't really said December; it said winter. Yeah, because winter mm-hmm. cover is is not limited to one month; it's limited to like yeah, three yeah. or four. So it's basically yeah. you know it could be from December to March. Or it could yep. be like a, some other fiscal gaming fiscal thing that the the video game companies use, which is another thing. So, to be honest, they baked, I think, they I think baked in a lot of leeway for themselves. Like I said, you know, the, we 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 kind of were estimating a delay with Final Fantasy 15 getting delayed. So I think it's going to be delayed. I mean, yeah, Jump Vista and PSX were you know the two you know big events in happening in december that could pull it off yeah but, you know with it being delayed to january i think it might wait until january i i, I mean like i said square Enix can announce their own launch event you know big old thing yeah. like they've been doing you know like they did with uh what was it kingdom hearts Dreamdrop distance where they had this big yep. you know launch event um they can do easily do something like that to announce kingdom hearts 3 you know and celebrate yeah. the release you know they don't have you know but but and on they, top of that, I mean, Kingdom Hearts already has several venues booked to do concerts. And so they already have, like, audiences. Literally, they have audiences around the world that they will be seeing in person. So if they need to make an announcement and show something off, you, why not do you it bet there? your bippy they they you bet your bippy they will because they can. They have an audience there. They have a, a legion of fans. They don't need to, like... They don't really need to go out very far to schedule an event. They don't need to go out very far to, you know, make uncovered Final Fantasy 15 style of a thing because they already have a concert series going. So if they want to announce a whole bunch of stuff, they can do it anywhere they want. And honestly, I would be fine with that because, you know, because fortunately the 15th anniversary for, you know, for Kingdom Hearts 3, for Kingdom Hearts in general and for Japan is in March, late March. Yeah. And that's around the time the first uh, World Tour concert starts. Yeah. So, you know, if you're going to start off, you know, with, you know, Kingdom Hearts 3 announcement with a bang, yeah. that would be it, you know. And on top of that, like, look, 2016 is not the year of Kingdom Hearts. It's the year of Final Fantasy 15. So I'm I'm totally fine with them waiting until 2017 to announce things because once once we get into 2017... There's nothing. There is nothing in Kingdom Hearts way. It can do whatever it wants. It's the only game that's closer to release than anything else. So 
it's going next year is going to be a big deal for Kingdom Hearts. So and that's another thing too, because not just the announcement, case three announcement, but a lot of people yep. are fearing that the delay with two point eight is going to push Kingdom Hearts three even back. Like, nah, I, I, I would say it probably wouldn't push it back that much. Like, I I still believe that it'll still be twenty seventeen, just much later. And here's the thing. The delay of 2.8 was not a delay of the development team. It was a delay of the marketing and the production side and the publishing side. That It has nothing to do with the level of finish of the game. It has absolutely zero impact on the development of Kingdom Hearts 3. That delay was not... Uh, that was not because Kingdom Hearts 2.8 or 3 were in any way in trouble. It was because Final Fantasy 15 was in trouble nice. that it had to be pushed back. So th- that delay has absolutely nothing to do with the uh, with the development side. It has everything to do with the publishing side. And honestly, the only way that moving 2.8 up a month would have affected Kingdom Hearts 3 is if by moving 2.8 up, 2.8 moved one of Square Enix's games up and moved a different game out of the way. And then like that would have to move another game in, in the future and, and it would cause like a chain reaction all the way until Kingdom Hearts 3 was supposed to come out. And oops, and now we got to release Hitman in the month Kingdom Hearts 3 was supposed to come out and, and you know, something like that. that. Like the, 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 the important titles that are releasing at the end of the year is World of Final Fantasy, you know, later this month. You know, yeah. then you have, um, then it's Final Fantasy 15 because, you know, cause yep. even though as big as, you know, you know, even though they care about the releases of Hitman and Tomb Raider and et cetera, you know, they're not on the same scale as World of Final Fantasy and Final Fantasy 15. So just yep. like, like you said, Brandon, once 15 and World of Final Fantasy is out, it's just 2.8 mm-hmm. after that. Yeah. And then 2.8, after, and then after and then 2.8 the only... out, it's, there's nothing else. There's no 16 minute ounce, you know, yeah, you have a expansion for, uh, Final Fantasy fourteen already announced. Yeah, from Fantasy. That's about it. Later on this month, so it's too. just it's just seven and three, seven and, and three. obviously, obviously, three is coming out first because seven, you know, only recently began development, and three's been in development for a lot longer. And pretty much, so, Renix won't announce anything big until E three of twenty seventeen. Exactly. So I'm pretty confident in the fact that Kingdom Hearts three is very. Could very likely be their 2017 big game. It might be their big game for 2017. And since uh, I would say is a prelude, you know, you might as well get that yep. prelude out. You know, have it fresh in everybody's mind. Exactly. Then later on in the year, you 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 satisfy that hunger, that taste. I would say at game. worst, at worst, it might get delayed, but to to like early 2018. But I don't think I don't think it's going to be that much of a wait until Kingdom Hearts three. I think it's almost. I think it's getting ready to be, you know. I think the marketing cycle will start next year, like for real, because they have nothing else uh, major announced. They'll probably do the first announcements of some big uh, titles that they have in production at E three, but those will be far off titles, just like you know, just like seven was in twenty fifteen. I th- I'm sure they will, you know, announce similar, similar titles uh, at E3 that are probably pretty big, but those won't be out for a while. So, for all intents and purposes, 2017 is probably the year of Kingdom Hearts 3's marketing. Whether that's the year of its release, that's hard to say. But I would say either late 2017 or early, early uh, 2018. And but not only that, 
they they added another concert to the world tour. Originally, yep. it was New York, exactly, which was June twenty fourth was the last concert. But they added one in yeah. I think July 9th or July tenth, and that's going to be in Saka, which is where the main, which is where the development team, you know, that's developing Kingdom Hearts three is. So yeah, they're going to end it on its own. I curve. hope I can it's if on, I it, can go to any of the concerts. I want to go to the Osaka one. I'm so already fun. going to three of them. So. <laughs> yeah. So we'll uh, see. did you did but you yeah, did you already um, put your uh, your name in the lottery? No, I haven't put my name in the lottery because I decided I don't want to go to the Tokyo one. I decided I wanted to go to the uh, Osaka one. So when the Osaka stuff comes up, then I'll put my name in the lottery. Okay. So we'll we'll see. I'm sure I made a big mistake and that they're gonna do an amazing blowout and I'm going to miss everything, but screw it. I'll just deal with it. I'll take my lumps. Okay. <sighs> oh, well, we'll, we'll see what happens. But yeah, that that's, that's how I feel. Uh, I would agree with you, Churro. I, I think it actually is pretty likely that the Kingdom Hearts three announcement is probably going to be moved to 2017. Um, I would say probably it'll fall around the 2.8 release because that seems to be how they were going to do it in, you know, originally anyway, was announced around the 2.8 release. And you don't want, you don't want a Kingdom Hearts 3 announcement to overshadow 2.8's release. Because I kind of have a feeling that 2.8 probably has a built-in teaser for Kingdom Hearts 3. So... Don't you That's remember? That's probably um, why. Kingdom Hearts 3's reveal at E3 2013. Remember after mm-hmm. that, the reveal trailer, they had a little advert for buying 1.5. But then at the end, yep. you realized nobody cared about that advert at the end because everybody was, was uh, you know. Yeah, everyone was thinking about 3. Yeah, so you don't want to pull that same thing again because it's going to be like, here's Kingdom Hearts 3, new trailer with announcement. And then, well, here's 2.8. Hey, you can buy 2.8 in a month. Nobody cares. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes in December. Uh, you know, I mean, Square's, there's still a chance. Square's got a lot I mean, of games. There's still a chance. Yeah, there's still, but the, there's but definitely the, still the a chance. chance. Got lowered down the percentage. Yeah, wise. it definitely got it definitely got lowered down because of that delay. So, anyways, that pretty much wraps up our show for today. Uh, for our music for this episode, we've got an awesome remix uh, by Cement City on YouTube of the Other Promise. Uh, Cement City also has some other uh, cool remixes, so definitely check them out on YouTube. So this is The Other Promise from Kingdom Hearts 2 Final Mix, so definitely enjoy that. Uh, For the next uh, episode of Kingdom Hearts Union, we are scheduled for the 18th of October. Uh, And as always, if you guys want to keep up with all the episodes, please subscribe to us on iTunes, uh, to the Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union uh, account on iTunes. Just search for Kingdom Hearts Edward number one! And, of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids, or Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. And remember, as always, if you guys like what you hear, please consider supporting us on Patreon. We have a Patreon at Patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. Uh, we've got a lot of great perks, like the uh, aforementioned Please be excited podcasts, which you can get for only a dollar. There's the executive producer tier, which you can get for $2.50. There's also uh, several uh, tiers that revolve around the uh, uh, giveaways that we do. We actually do uh, like prize giveaways. Uh, and uh, depending on how much you pledge, gets you a, uh, you know, a certain number of entries. So the, you know, there's definitely a lot of really great options out there. 
Uh, so definitely at the very least go to patreon.com slash ffkhunion and have a look to see what options there are and see if there's anything that uh, might suit your uh, you know level of wanting to support us. <laughs> so anyway, uh, and as always, if you guys want us to talk about what you guys want to talk about, please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com. Send us one question, send us a million questions. Uh, we can always get back to them. Uh, we actually, I don't know if anyone noticed, but we had Banning Franks on the last three episodes in a row because he sent us three questions and that was his last question. So just going to show you, you know, if you send us a bunch of questions, we'll get to them yeah, we'll eventually. Yeah, get to them. Don't, don't worry yeah. about it. Exactly. You know, you guys, we always really appreciate it when you send us a whole bunch of questions. So it gives us something to talk guys, about. Exactly, exactly. It helps on shows like this where there's not that much news or it's just really vague no more rambling. So, uh, yep, that pretty much wraps up everything. So, churro, say your goodbyes. Bye, guys. It's been it's been nice again. Um, hopefully there'll be news soon, which I unfortunately hopefully. don't see. <laughs> Any, well, enjoy other things like yes. World of Final Fantasy and oh, uh, Final Fantasy do, 15 eventually. I, I do and, want to mention that. Um, yeah. Disneyland of Departure. We're having our third yes. gathering in six days Yay. on October seventh. Awesome. So it's, it's going to be off the hook. So um, there's still about five. Like what we do, we did put a cap on it, unfortunately, because we did rent out a hotel ballroom. So we're having a cap of sixty, and there's five tickets remaining. So um, just follow me on Twitter at, at churros c h u r r o z if you want a, a link to the to buy your ticket. You know, it's in Anaheim, California. Yeah, uh, we got some surprises for you. So yeah, you know, hope there's to see some you there. uh, there's some interesting stuff you got going on there, as far as I know. So that yeah, sounds it's... exciting. Can't wait to hear about it next time. Yes, you know, can't wait. All right, bye guys. See you. All right, so I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.